Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. It wasn't that I was questioning one's love for the game, but I was just reminding them like, yo, just play with a chip on your shoulder, do it for Everybody has different reasons why they love the game, right? Just remember what your why is, and, and you know, it'll take you a long way. What's your why? Why do you love it? Um, I have multiple whys. Um, just being an underdog, um, not supposed to be here, walked on the Juco, um, wasn't a five-star, you know, just worked my way up till I got an opportunity. And, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, I just want those guys to remember that, you know, it's a kid's game, but you, you still got to love it like a little kid. Oh, yeah, that's Arthur Mollette. Arthur explaining why he had his moment, I would say a Mollette moment, after the game, post-game, in the locker room up with the Buff Bills. And I got to say this, Max, and I'll, I'll say it right up front, I don't have a problem with Arthur Mollette speaking his mind. There is no cancel culture in the locker room, my friend. And for somebody to get up and state what he's thinking is absolutely fine. The problem I have, if it's a problem, the caution that I would say is that you don't bleed in front of anybody but the House members. You know what I mean? You know? Yeah. Okay, that's the important thing. Keep it in-house. What you see here, say here, do here, stays here when you leave here. I'm, a, I'm adamantly a, a huge believer in that. Yeah, no, I mean, there's always going to be times where you're going to have that weak moment and you may uh, you may you may be on the precipice of doing something that might be detrimental but you know I, I think you're right you know you have to keep it contained keep what's in the locker room in the locker room I mean of course that over the years has been tested by different individuals at different points um, and in different ways <laughs> and in a different way yeah correct a lot of different ways in our locker room but you know, if the message is honest and pure and you're trying to do your best, I mean, just look at what Devontae Adams is dealing with right now, right? right? Allowing a frustration to boil over in a public setting because you wonder if that wasn't recorded, right? If that wasn't outside of the locker room, that might be a different result. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but like you said, I, I also don't have anything wrong with this um, because if it's coming from somebody who's living it and doing it out there on the field, you can receive it a lot better, right? We always talked about that 
the one the ones who who lead inspire mm-hmm. who also preach and who also do so it's one of those things he's a lead inspire type of guy and he's going to go out there and he's going to do it to the best of his ability and we've seen him do it so you know it, it's it's a tough situation but like you said yeah you don't want the problem developing any further or it be actually becoming a problem that's exactly so. Like I said, if you keep it in-house, no problem whatsoever. That's the way to go about handling it. I remember several times when the great mean Joe Green was declaring his um, his chastisement to the room, and it was all about, it was after a, a game, you know, on Monday Night Football when we lost 45-34 to the Oakland, dastardly Oakland Raiders. And Joe Green hated the Oakland Raiders. Joe Green hated losing, and he hated losing to the Oakland Raiders stupidly on Monday Night Football. And he let everybody know in the room, look it, this isn't about, and I, and I understand, I was a rookie. I didn't know, you know, what, what really, nobody kind of takes the time to say, this is how you conduct yourself after a loss like that. Nobody, you know, has said anything to me. And, I, you know, you're just kind of going out business, and then you experience Joe having that moment of standing up, speaking his mind, and then you realize it's not about the frivolity or anything like that. It's about our guys taking this job seriously enough, you know, and it's different to yeah. different people. And one of the things that Arthur Millette spoke about was – It's precious to him because he's not supposed to be there. He's a guy that came up the hard way, had to scratch and claw and do everything he had to do to be able to get to this level. And now, uh, you know, he he, he just, in his mind, it's like, this is the most precious thing I got going right now. I got to stay with it. And that's, I think, what he was saying. Well, yeah. I mean, he laid it out, right? I walk on at a JUCO. Yep. <laughs> you know, to, right. to hear. And that's that's the beauty about this game, right, is that if you can play, they're going to find you, <laughs> right? Right, you right. Know? And, and for Arthur Millette to have the path that he had, I mean, it's a testament and it's an inspiration to others. So he knows how valuable this and how precious this time is, right? You don't want to waste a year. You don't want to waste, a, you know, a game. You don't want to waste a, a, a half, a quarter, a series, a play. Every one of those is important, no matter how you put the importance level on it. All of them. You can't take any of these for granted because none of them are promised. You know, I right. can remember, you know, guys that I that I was that I, that I played with. I mean, Zamir Zamir Cobb, one of my good buddies, drafted Temple receiver. Um, Zamir's career ended before it even started in training camp. Broke his leg in training camp, never played another down again mm. in our rookie year. You know, I can recall Nathaniel Adibi, who drafted in the fifth round right after me. Nathaniel made it the first cuts, and that was it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, so the fact that you're in season on a roster, able to play, put a helmet on, you have you have beat 70% of the odds. So why are you going to now then take it for granted? This isn't a chance to relax. You get to relax in the offseason after you say a job well done. But in the midst of it, so I get why why Arthur feels the way that he does. Um, but like you said, use it constructively. Use it as constructive criticism and a critique 
as opposed to an attack on your personality. No doubt about it. Look, contemplation post-game is good. You know, contemplation post-game is some of the most important moments you're going to have. It's it's one of those moments that you, you just, you're fresh off the field. You know what went down, good, bad, or indifferent. And you know in your heart of hearts how you played and what you did. And so the need to be able to kind of have a few moments, and I like the cooling off period that the NFL had has, uh, instituted you know, uh, for a long time. I mean, was it 15, 20 minutes or something like that before they open up the locker? 15 minutes, yeah. Yeah, okay. 15 All right, I, I think that's a great idea because some guys some guys need it more than others, you know, and that's a, a, a period of time to be in, in post-game contemplation and understand what just transpired and what went down. You know, for a lot of guys, that's that, that period of time is like, okay, you know, I've been working on my footwork and my hands. How did that come together? Am I, is the stuff that I'm doing at the end of practice leading up to the game, is this helping me or is this hurting me? You know, these are all yeah. the, the, the questions that kind of pop out at you right then and there, which oftentimes you kind of like, when the, as the week goes on, you kind of like forget about it, not thinking about it, because you've got family, you've got, you know, your home life, you've got uh, a lot of things going on. And so that's an important time to sit down and really – Kind of have a you know a, a, a talking to yourself and going over the things and so again with Arthur that's just I think he's just expressing when you've got a little bit too much noise as as Joe Green used to say if there's a little bit too much noise it's a little too dang happy in here as he would say um, in other words he was saying contemplate what you what we've just done and the the things that led up to this loss or what have you. It should be a moment of introspection. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It should be a moment of introspection, but it should also be that moment where you're like, okay, we, uh, you know, we, we, we are taking stock of what just happened. Yeah. What just allowed us to be in this position to where we can either learn from, from a positive or lick your wound from a negative. Like, what What did I do, you know, <laughs> that right. led to this result, this feeling in this moment? Let me understand and internalize that feeling. Let me accept how I'm feeling, forgive myself for how I'm feeling, but then be ready to have an accounting of this game, which is which is about, about to be upon us. Absolutely. You know, it's it's funny because I nobody can tell another man how to handle a loss. You know, other than just be respectful no. of everybody else and how you go about your business and, and doing it. But, you know, there, and, and I know that people said, well, so-and-so was smiling during the game. And this isn't about outing anybody or, or pointing the finger at anybody. I mean, and I will tell you, there is Gallo's humor, too. Okay? <laughs> um, I have yeah. seen that. I have experienced that. When we lost to uh, Detroit 45-3, to and, and on Thanksgiving Day, the Thanksgiving Day massacre way back in 82 or 83, somewhere in there, right? I mean, there was a moment we're in the huddle out in the field late in the game, and they switch quarterbacks from Cliff Stout to Mark Malone. And and Mark comes into the game, and we're already down, what was it, 28 nothing, I think it was, or 35, no, it was 35-3 to three when he got in there. And, and he got in the huddle, he's like giving a – like a little like, hey, we can do this, guys. We can do this. And Mike Webster had the funniest Bill Murray 
imitation, and he said a few Bill Murray words. And it was like, Dutch and I started laughing. And then, you know, you quickly look to the sidelines, we're out on the field, and you're like, did Chuck just see me laugh? You know, because we're down 30 yeah. You know, there's that moment where, exactly. oh, no, no, you know? But, I mean, it's yeah. the it was so ludicrous. And so out of yeah. place, but for for Webby to do it, it was just it was just funny, you know. And it, yeah. it's not necessarily indicative of of a not a not having a, uh, a spirit of of you know wanting to win to be you know as as strong as anybody else in your desire to win. No, absolutely, and you know there can be some levity because you you know you're trying to crack that tension. True. Right. Yes. You've got, you've got, sometimes you like in the face of immense pressure and adversity, (laughs) sometimes you got to laugh. Sometimes you have to just like, you know, when we talk about people embracing the suck, just because you embrace the suck doesn't mean you have to be all frowny faced and flaccid looking. Right. 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 You know, sometimes you, you can go find joy in a moment or a play in the midst of a very bad game. And sometimes you have to, you have to take that because you have to keep your joy, because the joy is what's going to keep you going, right? Absolutely. Because if it's just straight neg- negativity, you know most people w- would quit, right? <laughs> you say, <laughs> right, I'm done. Right. I'm done. Hey, hey, guess we'll just try this again next week. <laughs> I'm out, guys. No, you you can actually develop, you know, that motivation to keep fighting just by laughing and letting it out, because that expression of happiness it takes less energy to be happy than it does to be sad or mad <laughs> did you know that i did not know that is that true yeah yeah so when you smile it's a more natural position you have to force your lips to change <laughs> and then you have you know what i'm saying to get to a frown position it takes more it's more muscles activated in your in your facial region you know what? I now I wish I'd known that earlier. I remember Nick Saban was on the staff at Syracuse back in the late seventies. Okay, he was yeah. he was uh, just a graduate assistant or uh, I can't remember assistant coach or what have you. But he was it was very nobody had heard of Nick Saban at that point or anything. But I remember saying to Nick, "Why why why you look like you just sucked on a lemon, Nick?" <laughs> He was always, always kind of had this this frown about him. I didn't know. Now I could have said, "We can save you so much energy, Nick, if you just turn that frown upside down." Yeah, exactly. Could, could have told him that, and could have changed his whole life perspective. But <laughs> absolutely. But uh, but yeah. But so, but sometimes you just you have to, you have to let out, and you have to allow yourself. To be human. Sometimes, hey, hell, I laugh at myself all the time when I do stupid things. Oh, me too. Right, or the wrong thing. So, it's going to happen, and I think even more so, it's going to happen in those moments because you're being filmed. Like, in a game, everybody's watching you, and everything else is so much more enhanced, especially in either big wins or big losses. Like, the microscope is on you, and so it's how do I replicate or how do I never do this again? You know, it's yes. like, let me watch how not to do this and learn from that. But there is brevity in the moment. There is, you know, some times where you can be light. Now, you don't come up joking at the at the podium once again, right? <laughs> but if you share it in the huddle, you share it in between plays or that passion, you're getting after guys, you know, in a positive way because that's the way that you are. 
kudos to you. But you know, also realize everybody's watching, so people are going to have questions for everything that you do, good, bad, or indifferent. Max, one time uh, in '87, we uh, went about. I think we set the uh, we set a record. We had the most kicks uh, blocked, like punts, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And um, I remember we were playing in Cleveland, and Tunch and I came off the field. Mike Webster was having the snap at that point. There wasn't a designated snapper snapper like they have now, like uh, Christian Coates. Oh, goodness. You know, back then it was, you know, the center, backup center handled the job. And, and Webby snapped the ball over our punter's head. And our punter didn't even if, – if you've, uh, you know, if you've seen Willie Mays his catch at the polo ground, the pictures of that, any, you know, where he's just running and he's looking back over his head and, and the ball comes over, he catches it. Well, that's what our punter was like, only he didn't catch the ball. He didn't even try to jump. It was so high over his head. Webby just launched it. And, and Tunch and I had gone to the sidelines. We grabbed the Gatorade. We came back to the sidelines because though neither of us voiced it, we knew we were right on the edge of setting a record. <laughs> and it's kind of like you know it's the train wreck you you just can't turn your eyes away from you know <laughs> hey listen you you want a front row seat and a drink i see i see how y'all did <laughs> max max i'm not kidding you webby snapped that ball so high our punter ran back and he just jumped on it and, and when webby came off he asked Dunch, he goes was it high? <laughs> and Dunch said, "Well, I'm only I can only tell you it landed in Lake Erie." <laughs> oh, Webby was so mad, <laughs> and we were we were like laughing. Only you couldn't really laugh. It's that like that, that chortle like snort type yeah. of thing where you can't really laugh, but you're you're dying inside. <laughs> It was so ludicrous yeah. to see this happen, and then Webby going, "Was it high? <laughs> it was high." <laughs> oh like my giggle, goodness! A, 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 a giggle, snickle, smirk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know how you try to hold it in, you keep snorting like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that bad? I mean, but you have these moments. Some of those moments are so unbelievable. You know, you, you just. <laughs> You can't help it, regardless of you're winning or losing. You just you just shake your head because sometimes it's just so out there. It's just crazy. Well, and also that's that's also imagine somebody took a snapshot of that moment, right, with no context, right? Yes, or no sound, yeah. right? That's how people perceive it. And it's like, no, there's a story behind what somebody's doing. <laughs> Nobody's going to actively go out and just start, like, you know, heckling themselves or laughing at the situation or, quote-unquote, quitting on their team, as some people like to say. Oh, I you know, know. It, it's, it's no. Understand the context behind those statements. And that is, that is an absolutely hilarious one. But, Wolf, we're going to step aside because I got to let that sink in. That was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> when we come back <laughs> you're just trying to figure it out is the old man finally like lost his mind <laughs> yeah no, no no listen listen i've learned just like uh what, what was um what was his name i forgot his name anyways i was gonna say from, from the movie hook he, he lost his marbles like yes he did lose his marbles robin williams are. no not robin williams his rufio buddy. no wasn't rufio either damn it <laughs> 
<laughs> there was the one that went with Peter, and they both became old together. He was older than Peter because he stayed. Anywho, um, we got to find that out now. You better, I'm, you better I'm Google that. Now, now, you know what? That's what I'm gonna do during the break. When All we right. come back, I'm gonna let you know who lost their marbles and hook, and who <laughs> eventually found them. And then we're also gonna start talking about, you know, how to knock some marbles loose on Tom Brady. <laughs> we're gonna talk about the defense previewing up against the Bucks here in the locker room. We will start on SNR and ESPN Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, back in the locker room. And, Wolf, you're not going to believe this. Uh-oh, uh-oh. You're not going to believe it. What's that? I mean, this is one of the craziest things. So, we talked about Hook, right? The right. movie Hook. Okay. We talked about the guy losing his marbles. <laughs> the character's name is Toodles. 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 He he's living in the house, you know, with Peter and of course his kids, Wendy and Jack. Um, right. Do you know what Toodles? Toodles is a character. Do you know what his real name is? No. What is it? Arthur Mallette. No. No way. I swear to God. Swear to God. Couldn't have planned it any better than that. Now that's M A L L E T, or was it M A L E T? Oh, M A L. That's too funny. That is just. I was, funny. I, I was. I was like. I was like. Is, I was like. Is the phone listening to me right now? I'm like. Are they just trying to feed me information <laughs> to make me seem like like I'm cool or something? I was like, no. And I was like, holy crap, Robin Williams with Arthur Millette adding out, uh, acting out this scene. I was like, oh my gosh. It was a scene where he was. I've lost my marbles. I've lost my marbles. <laughs> That's that is really now, funny, I'm, man. Dude, it doesn't get it doesn't get more parallel to life no. right there. That's it. That's it. You got. You just got to run with it. Sometimes, you know, you're a genius and you didn't even know it, Max. <laughs> you know, it's a genius or a poet. You know, I mean, <laughs> Shakespeare. Shakespeare. That's there what we go. go for every day. Shakespeare. But um, you know, getting getting back on topic when we're talking about this, I wanted to kind of look at the defensive perspective um, going into this game with with. Um, with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers offense. And uh, uh, Terrell Austin spoke to the media yesterday, and uh, he has some interesting things to say just talking about, you know, execution. And so I wanted to play that clip real fast here for you, Wolf, if you didn't hear it. We were in the right neighborhood. We just uh, we just didn't get it done. And uh, so that's why I said I, I'm not, I have confidence that we'll get it done, you know, uh, but I don't think it was a, a case. Uh, you know, I worry if there's a case of somebody just not even in the area, not covering a guy. Uh, then I worry about things if I'm doing them right, if we're giving it, if we're getting it taught to them right. Uh, but in that situation, I think we had guys in the area we just uh, we just didn't execute well enough. Well, uh, you know, I think I think that that was that that was a very poignant point, uh, Wolf. You know, when you look at this, they were in the area. You pointed that out numerous times, but now is is it is it good enough to be in the area? Um, with the amount of young guys, or do you? It's like no, we have to be in the right place. You think coming into this game, no matter who's out there playing. 
you know exactly what I'm thinking, and you're thinking the same thing. Uh, it, it's and, and, and Terrell, uh, and sorry, and Terrell, he's also thinking the same thing. Yeah, look, we're in the right neighborhood, okay, but we have to be more dotting the i's, crossing the t's, and finish and execute because that's the only way you're going to win. And this guy, especially, I mean, we're talking about the goat. We're talking about Tom Brady, a guy that uh, against the Steelers, he's 12 and three overall over the years against the Steelers. This is a guy that, you know, right now he's he's playing at a pretty high level, 96.4 QBR, seven TDs, one INT. And if you tackle him too hard, they may throw a flag on you. Get Zooks, man. Yeah. You know what Jesus. I mean? That's Yeah, that's just, like, unbelievable. So, you know, I know what what uh, Terrell's trying to, to point out, and he's, he's right in doing so. I would again. I take Minka anytime, one on one like that, mano a mano. Minka comes away with that ball nine out of ten times, ninety nine out of a hundred. It just so happened that one was that one. Uh, the same thing you think about Josh Jackson. Josh Josh Jackson was in the was right there, and you know that's as close as it gets to making a play without making the play when he had his hand right there by the ball and he was just an inch short of being able to knock it loose. These are the things that these guys are facing out there. It's going to be unbelievably tough. Think about it, Max. We got Akella Witherspoon, Cam Sutton, and Levi Wallace. They, We don't know which ones are going to be up or down. We're talking Josh Jackson and maybe James Pierre, you know? I mean, this is this is going to be difficult. So you know what? Where where it goes to? It goes to the offense. You got you got to do something offensively. You got to be able to score points and stay out there and keep Brady on the sidelines. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, the best defense is a good offense. Yes, there's no <laughs> doubt. Your defense is not out there, and that that is something they're going to have to take the onus on this and take the fight to a pretty good. Um, defense in Tampa Bay, but I think we're up to the task. I think we, <clears throat> once again, we have the personnel. Well, you know, it's about that execution aspect of it, and that's what I'm hoping. You know, is one of those catalysts. Another week of Kenny Pickett being on top of it, getting the bulk of the reps that he needs to get him up to speed to play, and that. Everybody else gets a little bit more comfortable with Kenny, and then they can execute. You know, that's 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 what we're all hoping for. That's what we're all looking towards to make sure that we're at a position to where guys can execute at a high level because we see that the game plan can work. It just takes that execution. I mean, T.A. talked about it, but it applies to the offensive side of the ball as well. In the neighborhood, let's go knock on the right door now. Absolutely. You know, what's funny to me is every time now you, you, you've used the word execution several times, and I put that together with Tampa Bay in my head, and I always go back to John McVay, the former USC coach, you know, who took yeah. over the team, and they're in the midst of that 0-26 run to start off their their, their franchise, <laughs> and he was asked every game, how do, what do you feel about your, how do you feel about your team's execution? He says, I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just go ahead and do it. Do it. Why yeah. not? Hey, I you know that that that's a little what you call 
post post game gallows humor there. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to talk about somebody, exactly. you know, somebody in misery so deep he comes up with something so funny. But you know, there's there's a lot of us that can understand that sort of frame of mind post game when something like that happens. But just like you were talking about though, Tom Brady again is that penultimate competitor ultimate i should say penultimate is the next to last i uh, my, my yeah. english let me down there man i can't believe it you know hey but... hey listen all good all good, it <laughs> all wasn't good. That, though. And, and you also recognize it immediately by the way well just, thank just you want to point that out there, there you go that's so, a good thing. so you're good you're good yes you're good. now let me let me ask you this as you look at this offense and you see what's happening um leonard fournette uh he, he's not killing it all right, he's not – I mean, he's a good back. There is no doubt about it. You watch him sometimes. Some of the things he does, they're just astounding uh, when he runs over somebody or something. But uh, the running game is not a real threat. How much of a threat do you kind of look at as compared to Tom Brady, you know, putting it on his shoulders and, and throwing his way down the field? Uh, I would like for our defense to go ahead and just shut that game off. Right, it's it's already got a hiccup in it. Mm-hmm. I don't want finding their groove against us. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Right, right. Because you know they're dealing with offensive line health issues. Um, like you said, Leonard Fournette is is not the back of a couple of years ago. He's still good, and he can still hurt you, given the proper motivation. But if you shut him down early, it's tough to get him going late, and so. If we're talking about trying to solve some of these bugaboo issues like the run game and you guys taking over in the fourth quarter against us and just running the ball down our throat, this is the perfect game to go and say, you know what? Not today. No. I, I Make Tom Brady beat you in those situations by shutting down the run game and not giving him the opportunity to kind of, you know, fake it you know, give you some play action off of it and start burning you deep and confusing your linebackers. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm hoping that they can go out and do because I would rather see that than Leonard Fournette catch up and get into a rhythm early in this game because he can can also hit you with 100 yards rushing. So, because he has it in his resume, he's done it in playoffs and big moments. So don't let him have a big moment. Minimize him in the moments so that he does, he does not become the guy that you now have to worry about as well. <laughs> and, yeah. and so, yeah. So, no, this is, a big, this is a big moment for the defensive line to recapture some glory and to start stacking good plays together and good series together, which leads to good quarters, halves, and then ultimately a full game. Because we've seen what they can do on first and second downs. Third downs was an issue last week. Mm-hmm. Big plays were an issue. So let's take it incrementally and figure out which ones can we start to, can we start to narrow out. I, I, I love starting with I love starting with third down performances and not giving them two way goes with third and shorts. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Now let me let me ask you. You take a look at their offensive line because I was the meat eater matchup that I picked out was uh, Demarvin Leal against Tristan Wirfs, which is it, yep. it's it's going to be tough. I mean in. I mean, DeMarvin's going to play both sides. He's going to play hand in the dirt. He's going to be a stand-up. He's even played like an offline linebacker to the inside in some some package situations. But he's getting 41% of the snaps after last week. 
he's obviously something somebody that they're they're kind of uh, preparing for bigger roles in that defense. But you know, Tristan Wirfs is he's he's top notch, man. He is good. Well, you, you said beef eater matchup. Uh, that is that is it right there. Yeah. Um, throw up first rounder uh, going up against a top three rounder. So top three round matchup. Both young. Both both very good at what they do. And you know Tristan Wirfs. You know he 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 came in highly talented. The kid could jump out of a swimming pool as an How offensive about that? lineman. How about that? Dude. Wasn't that amazing? I don't even care if it's a kiddie pool, but yeah. the dude jumped out of a full play swimming pool. Now remember, he's six like, five, three hundred and twenty pounds before breakfast. All right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Before the morning expelling, um, so you know that's just impressive in and of itself. But when you look at the rest of this line, I mean, yes, you you, you went and you got Shaq Mason right to come in and play guard. Uh, you know, you've got a rookie play, playing center because you lost uh, Ryan Jensen mm-hmm. um, in training camp. And then you have Donovan Smith and you have Robert Hainsey um, all playing for you right now. Um, and I apologize. Luke Gadecki is the rookie. I'm sorry. He's yeah, playing he's guard, guard, not center. Yeah. He's at left guard, not center. Yeah. That was because um, Ali Marpet retired. Yes. Um so yeah, so it's just trying to get all of them together. Like I said, they've had a lot of they've had a lot of turnover um, in this past off season, and I think the biggest thing that you have to you know you, you want to get after is get after the guy that's the most consistent because who's going to inspire them the most? It is going to be the guy who they consider a premium guy. So it's either Donovan Smith or Tristan Wirfs are the guys they're going to look to for hope, so to speak. Yeah. You know. And so you want to make sure you're doing everything in your power to minimize hope, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. make it tough on them. Like you said, because uh, Alex Highsmith is, is probably going to draw a majority of Donovan Smith, but also, you know, it's going to be Cam Hayward too. Right. You've got three guys rotating on that edge. And then of course you'll get Malik Reed and Jameer Jones at some point, but that's going to be the premium matchup is how does Alex do against Tristan? And then how does Donovan do against um, Leal and Alex? So I think they're going to interchange. They're going to move Alex, him around, yeah. No, they're going to no, move no him around. So Alex won't just be on Donovan the no. entire time, no. but he'll get a majority of Donovan. And then Leal, Cam, they'll rotate through on the right side and then swap them over depending on situations. It's going to be a good matchup to see. Can you affect the outsides? But here's my thing. My premium matchup, Wolf, yeah. in this one, my, my, my beef eater matchup, right. Cam Hayward versus Luke Gadecki. That would be – I. you know what? I, I thought about it, but I already highlighted Cam and one and wanted to do something a little bit different. So, well, And, well, I, and well, I go yeah. with you. Luke Gadecki, he's he's in trouble, all right? That's I mean, my fish. That's yeah. my fish. He's he's the <laughs> pigeon. When you The only yeah. time I've really seen um, some of the pressure get to – uh, Tom Brady, it's been a combination of Gudecki and different games, twists, whether it's a two-man, three-man. I've seen them both. Uh, they got They're going to have to get go after it through Gudecki. But it, to me, also, DeMarvin is going to be a guy that's going to be key because they're using him in different areas, man. I mean, it's, it's interesting to see what they're putting on this kid. Well, and here's the thing. 
you know, you have to go after that weakest link because what 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 I've been talking about this week leading up to this is to affect Tom Brady, right? Mm-hmm. To get under his skin has got to be pressure up the middle. Yep. Pressure up the middle and constrict the sides. Like that, like, you know, it's boa constrictor method, right? Squeeze them right. into the pocket. Right, right. And that's that. But most of the pressures, most of the hits, most of the times when you're talking about how he's been unsuccessful this year, think about Demarcus Lawrence in that Dallas game. Think about, um, you know, the, the guys in the middle. I can't think of who it was for Green Bay that got in his face. Probably Kenny like Clark. Get, yeah, I think it was Kenny Clark. Um, <clears throat> and then, of course, Frank Clark and Chris Jones. Right, we're, we're in we're in his face a lot. That's where you have to get him. Right, it's not going to be from the side. It's not going to be from a slot blitz or safety blitz. It's going to be D lineman winning one on one battles and getting in there. That's when Tom has his issues. That's when that's when things start to get frustrating and hit a hit a friction point. And that's what you're going to have to do. You must win in the middle to affect Tom Brady because. If you give him one thing, time, which he's had a lot of it in the NFL, uh, you give him time, he will pick you apart. But you may, you, but you, you, you make it hot around the neck, and he, he, he usually has worse performances. And so you have to get after him early, often. But pressure up the middle is going to be key. That's why. That's why I pick Cam. Since you've already picked Cam. He's he's our you know he hasn't made it in your survivor pool so he's in my survivor pool because I haven't I haven't highlighted him yet. Uh, so Cam against Gadecki is going to be huge. I think also you know Robert Hainsey Montrevious Adams is going to be a big matchup at the center position when Montrevious is in the game. Yes, like Montrevious has if he a skill can play, set. We still got to yeah, find out if he's going to play. I forgot he has what the hamstring or the ankle. He's got a hip. Hip. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. It's all connected to him. I, I it's all ligamentation. Yeah, go yeah. higher. Yeah, you know, the ankle bones connected to the knee bone. Knee yeah, bones uh-huh. connected to the hip bone. <laughs> hip bone. Yeah, there we go. Uh, like the Macarena. Anyways, yeah. um, but you know, you you, <laughs> if Montrevious can't go, if not, it's Tyson Alualu time. Right. Um, and Tyson's got to win, or maybe we see Louder Milk. What about that? All right, I got a feeling. I thought this might be a game where we see uh, the return of. Isaiah Loudermilk. I was watching Come him in on, practice, Sam. man. He looked pretty good. And he, I got to tell you one he's thing. Fresh. Well, he's here's, fresh. He should look good. Here's here's part of it. Think about it. He's 6'7". You know, 6'7", when you put those hands up and you bull rush and you put that quarterback in a well, having a little bit of hard time seeing over on the cross, the low crosses, you know, over the middle, that sort of thing, uh-huh. That's a that, it's a benefit. It's a benefit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just saying, fl- flailing inflatable balloon man, you know? <laughs> the ones outside the used car lots. Right? That, That's outstanding. That I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, sometimes you see it. Woo! You know, sometimes you may even have to yell it, you know? It's, it's good. There you go. <laughs> well, why don't we take a break, buddy? And then let's, uh, let's go to break. Let's uh, <laughs> reset. We, go, we got what? Wide receivers, running backs, tight ends to talk about. So we got more. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, because we've already done the defense, right? I mean, I think we kind of covered what we are. Well, we didn't talk about the secondary, but no, we got there's yeah, let's a lot do of secondary things. first, and then the next hour we start on offense. How okay, we'll finish there out we this next segment. When we come back, we're gonna we're gonna continue breaking down Buffalo versus Pittsburgh. 
coming to AgriSure Sunday at 1 p.m. Tampa Bay live. to me, not Buffalo. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Move Sorry. on. I know. I can't. I can't. See, that's the thing. I hold on to it. It's 24 hours. I can't do it. Well, but um, but you know what? You're right. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming to AgriSure at 1 p.m. Tom Brady, who plays for the Buc- who plays for the Tampa Bay Bucks. And not the Buffalo Bills, because that was Josh Allen last week. That's right. Um, as you can see, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna preface anything on, on this one. I'm just gonna send it to break. You're in the locker room with Wolf and Starks on SNR. <laughs> Speaking as the yeah. Saints. Right. Uh, <laughs> to say the least. I think that's a nice way of putting it. Um, Mike Evans still, I mean, the favorite go-to for Tom Brady. And when he had to miss time, you could tell that affected, you know, what he was trying to get done. Um and outside of the injuries and everything else they've had on this team and the other setbacks, that's going to be a guy he's going to look at uh, almost implicitly. Um, and so I think when you think of Mike Evans, he's a guy that wins the one-on-ones, the 50-50 balls. I mean, this is one where you really wish you had a Kelo Witherspoon. Boy, <laughs> right? you're not kidding. <laughs> you know, a taller corner, a guy who could go and battle with him for those 50-50 balls. Um, but – I think outside of that, I think when you also look at it, you know, you have to wonder, you know, Chris Godwin's impact as well. And, and Russell Gage hasn't really – he hasn't really been the, the guy that they've wanted, you know, to come in and be that slot guy. Right. He's been okay, but he's been more possession. Right. Um, he's not a real big difference maker. I think it still runs through Mike Evans and then Chris Godwin's the next one. And he doesn't even really use, you know, Cameron Braid and – um, Kate Odd and the kid they drafted this year, they don't really use the tight ends as much. I mean, it is a lot through still the wide receivers. So that's why it's imperative that if you are going to shut down that run game, whoever is at that corner position starting and has Mike Evans, you've, you've got to stay close to him because he's not a guy that's going to create a whole bunch of separation. He's just a bigger, more physical guy. He's going to bully you more than just burn you with speed. So I think you really have to keep him in front of you for all intents and purposes, and don't allow him to get behind you on a 50-50 ball because that's that's when that's when the, the good things happen for this offense for Tampa Bay. So whoever is going to be coming in, and we'll wait to see the the final the final injury report. Right, that's right. the one that's going to give us all of our answers um, to see who's available to us. You know, the young kid Josh Jackson, I think, has a lot of raw skills, but. You know, you don't want to throw raw skills against a guy who's a game-hardened, Pro Bowl caliber, All-Pro uh, wide receiver mm. <laughs> um, for your no second doubt. outing. You mm. don't want to do that. So I think you're going to see some disguised stuff to get to brackets. Um, a lot more zone cover six, I believe. If you if you can get to if you can get to Brady with four and five guys, I think it's a good opportunity to get some cover six. But the problem is you cannot Trey Norwood be underneath. You've got to stay deep. If that's your responsibility, don't try and jump routes. This is not the time uh, against Tom Brady. You can't you can't get instinctual and try and jump stuff. You've got to play what's in front of you and keep everything in front. Don't let them get behind you. I think we learned that from last week. That was the tale of the tape. Is don't do not allow them to get behind you. Um, and so it's it's going to be a good challenge for us. No question about it. You know, I, I look at this and I would have. You know, yeah, I wish Akella was there. I wish Levi was there. I wish Cam Sutton. Would, would, would okay. be there. We don't see, know. We'll see. You it's know? not Christmas, Wolf. It's not Christmas. I know. I know. <laughs> exactly. You're naming, all, you're naming all. I wish TJ was there. How about that? Yeah, okay. There you go. I wish TJ was there. I love you know? that. But, That's, yes. <laughs> exactly. But, but here's here's but, the key. You know as well as I, you got to make Brady work for it. I mean, 
you're going to look, there's nothing he hasn't seen. All right. So it's not like yeah. you're going to go, wow, I stumped the goat. It's not going to be about stumping the goat. No. Okay. Or getting his goat. <laughs> uh, it's really yeah. all about making him have to work for it because you're, it's, this is kind of like incremental bleeding. Uh, you know, you've got to try to pre snap disguise, which is difficult because why? We've got some young guys that are not full time starters. You know, there's an art to the, to the, um, disguising secondary coverages. There's there's a real art form to that in the sense of not tipping your hand and not leaving yourself in a vulnerable position at the snap because you're giving him all kinds of looks, hoping that you can dissuade him from thinking that it's cover one, cover two, what have you. You know what I mean? Those are the yeah. things that you've got to be able to do that and not make yourself get in trouble. And the problem is when you don't have veterans – you don't have that ability to to time the snap and in coverages such as you would with the veterans. No, no, you you definitely don't. I mean, Brady has forgotten more football than a lot of these young guys could hope to, to hope to attain. Mm-hmm. So, if, if you if you're trying to disguise, no. The biggest thing when you can affect Brady is I'm gonna do the simple things, the obvious things, but just do them way faster and way better than you think. And I'm going to speed up your timeline. I'm going to speed up your process, Brady, because you want to process at this speed, but now I'm forcing you to have to do it at this speed. That's when you affect Tom Brady. It's not going to be some exotic bliss that he's, quote, unquote, never seen before that he's probably seen. Because over the last 20 years of football, some of the most creative stuff he's already seen. Remember the schoolyard blitz for the Ravens back in the early 2000s? Mm -hmm. Yep. Everybody stand up, walk around. Like that was novel. Yes, right. right. And even initially the dollar backer, right? The three, four, that really is a three, three nickel, big nickel yep. where that dollar backer comes in and plays as, as a Mike or a Jack backer, but he's really a safety type body. Right. Like those are the big, you're not, there's nothing else to do from that perspective. And the three safety look we would, we would have had, had we had Terrell Minka and DeMonte KZ that we saw so much of like, that's when it was working at its height. But right now we're sitting there and we're waiting. Is Terrell going to play this week? You know, that's going to be a question. And is DeMonte KZ, is he up to speed yet? You know, I think that's probably your only novel novelty you could probably throw out there. And the only reason I would say novelty is because of the speed those guys can work with if DeMonte's up to speed. Um, that would be the only novel thing. Other than that, it comes down to those D-line, O-line matchups. Whipping the guy in front of you to help that secondary out. The faster you get in the backfield, the less those guys have to cover. And when you consider the injuries that are in the secondary, that's something that you have to be aware of. Because if it is a Cam Sutton, no Cam Sutton. Yes, Levi Wallace, no Levi Wallace. Terrell Edmonds, yes or no. Minka is a guy that's managing his knee. That's what that's what it comes down to. The best right. way to help your secondary is a pass rush. And also shutting down the run so that it's not a two-way go and guys don't have to play press. Because yeah. that's where it is. If run down blitzes, you're going to play closer to the line of scrimmage. Right. You're going to have to keep an extra guy nearer around the box. You shut down the run game and force them into passing situations. Now you can play off. Now you can give a little bit more cushion. Now you can be a little more varied in the back half. Are you going cover three? You go in quarters. You go in cover six. Those things are going to matter. And making where you have to throw in a tight window under duress is your key to success. Ooh, that rhymed. Very good. 
Well, it's that pre-snap disguising, pressure up the middle, take some chances. You're going to have to take some chances at some point. Terrell Austin's going to mm-hmm. have to pull the trigger on a couple of those. But you know what? You, you just hope that it's not in the, in the too weighty of moments that it costs you. And obviously, you got to mix up the coverages. And it all comes down to this, if you ask me. Offensively, you got to stay on the field. Defensively, you got to pressure Brady to move off that spot that he sits there and bounces up and down on. You know, and that's yes. that's where we're going to get, and that's what has got to be. But I think right now, that's a wrap on the first hour. And what what does that it leave is. us with? You know that you know what that leaves us with. What's that? If you miss any of this show, feel free to download <laughs> full episodes. You get whether so it's good our at show in the locker room, whether it's a standard with Tom and Jacob, the Blitz with with Wes and Moats. You know, I mean, the godfather of Pittsburgh, for goodness sake, he's putting out podcasts twice a week. Go show him some love and subscribe, as well as a game day broadcast with Bob Labriola and Mike Tomlin telling you all your tailgating quandaries and wonderings and musings before the game even starts. You Guess where you can find it, Wolf. Did you know that you can go on the Steelers mobile app? Say it isn't so. Yeah, yes, yes, I'm telling you. It's, it's crazy. You can go to the iHeartRadio app. You can go on other podcasting platforms and find it, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all the like. I'm just, you know, it's, it, we're everywhere. SNR is everywhere because it's for Steelers Nation. It's not for us. It's for Steelers Nation, and Steelers Nation is worldwide. So wherever you podcastify, please go there, download our whole, full assortment and lineup of shows, and we'll keep bringing you high-quality content. But right now, we're going to step aside, and we're going to also flip the script. We're going to start on the offensive side of the ball when we come back. In the locker room with Wolf and Starks on SNR and ESPN Radio. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, I love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.